Hi, this is Mark Iskowitz, Executive Editor at MMNM, and I want to welcome everybody to this special edition of the MMNM podcast, recorded live at the Health Conference in Las Vegas. And I'm here with my special guest, Kirsty Whalen, who's SVP Strategy and Insights at Imray Health. How are you doing, Kirsty? Great. Thanks for having me, Mark. Of course. Glad to welcome you into our uh, podcast studio. Uh, Fishbowl, whatever you want to call it. This is great. This is a great setup here. I love it. Yeah, I feel it's like been, you're really in the moment here. Yeah, definitely. And it's been a spectacular day so far at the conference. So there's been lots to learn and lots of discussion. So excited to chat with you here today. Likewise. And so uh, let, let's let's do that. Um, first of all, I just wanted to talk about the conference in general. I didn't make it to the inaugural year last year. But it's, isn't it hard to believe that this is only year two and the conference seems to have come out so fully formed with not only so many people here, but so many people from all different corners of the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, I think it's great. And I love that everybody is here with the collective mission to kind of focus on improving problems in healthcare. And I think everyone would agree that it takes everyone working together, whether it's payers, pharma companies, patient groups, um, health systems, to solve a lot of these huge problems. So um, in addition to just being really informative and love seeing the startups and the different energy here, I love that everybody kind of shares that passion and attitude um, about fixing those problems. Right. The passion is no longer coming from the newcomers. I think it's coming from some of the established players as well. Yes. Yeah. And I would say... um, Typically, I've enjoyed going to South by Southwest and going on their health track. And I think the difference between that event and this event is just, again, the singular focus on health and kind of health and the health system leading instead of the technology leading, um, which is a different change of pace, particularly for folks who work um, so much with digital media like I do. Right. It's finally nice to put the, the cart um, Yeah. In front of the horse, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so uh, now I know that uh, technology is also a passion of uh, of yours and your agency and our our spring conference. Um, uh, Some of uh, you and some of your colleagues talked about chatbots and the importance of chatbots in terms of breaking down some of the barriers uh, that patients sometimes have in terms of uh, communicating about um, difficult healthcare topics, even with their uh, own healthcare providers. Uh, but um, you know, just to broaden out the question about technology, you know, since yeah. since that's something you have a knack for and interest in, what else are you seeing here on the technology front that, that you're excited about? Yeah, I think um, you know it's so tempting for technology to be the start of the star of the story, particularly in healthcare when you're doing new things um, and things for the first time, like uh, our agency developing chatbots to help really. Um, create more immersive patient education experiences. Um, But I think Adrienne Boise from the Cleveland Clinic, she's a patient experience officer, she said it best earlier today when she said, strategy must drive the tech, tech can't drive the strategy. That really resonated with me in particular because that's really our approach at Emory Health. Um, So again, I know everybody loves to hear about the latest uh, gadgets and widgets in terms of technology, but you really have to understand what is the problem in the patient experience what you're trying to solve for and then mm-hmm. really tailor solutions to help meet that need. So it's great to see so many leaders here, particularly in patient experience, aligned with that point of view. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about on the digital therapeutics front? I know there's been some, some buzz about that here as well. Yeah, I think um, there was a great talk about digital therapeutics uh, just yesterday. And I think um, at Emory Health, we work with so many different brands that uh, are trying to treat chronic illnesses. And what we see in that space is a lot of antiquated treatment protocols and clinical inertia uh, and 
digital therapeutics really has a lot of potential to disrupt that uh, patient experience and that patient journey. And I think uh, the big question mark is, uh, will digital therapeutics be able to rise to meet the level of evidence that uh, people need to take that seriously, particularly on the payer side, the reimbursement side? Uh, so I think in addition to there being a lot of excitement around that category here, I'm also hearing a healthy dose of skepticism, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, but I think these conversations are the ones that we have to have. And, you know, we have to have an eye towards regulatory um, to make sure that, again, these treatments are backed by evidence and that they're adding value to patients and then ultimately the entire healthcare system. Sure, sure. And as we've reported, uh, uh, one of those big digital therapeutics players, which uh, presented yesterday, was Pear. Yeah. And uh, they, they sort of uh, ended the commercial part of their collaboration with Sandoz a week or so ago. And it's interesting, interesting to see those kind of companies scaling up their own medical and healthcare expertise so they can go it alone. And I think they, they seem pretty confident in terms of developing that evidence base. Uh, otherwise, they would be developing their own infrastructure. Yeah, and there's certainly going to be companies that are further along with, the, uh, with this, um, like Pair and kind of their development. Um, but I think, again, forums like this will be so important to have people from different disciplines collaborating around, you know, what is the burden of evidence and proof that is required to really sure. gain the trust of patients and then everyone in the healthcare system and particularly physicians, I would say, are important yes. as well. Yes, and payers too, right? Yeah. Payers should be paying for the outcome regardless of whether it's a digital therapeutic or if it's a pillar of biologic. So yeah. um, they still need to, to make that case. Uh, moving right along to uh, social media, yes. uh, there's been some, some uh, announcements there too. Facebook had a big announcement today about a preventive health uh, initiative they started. What, what are you seeing on the social media front? Yeah, and you know, I love talking about social media. That's really um, one of our sweet spots at Emory Health. Uh, and I heard um, one of the leaders from Facebook speak yesterday alongside Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, I've got a lot of questions. I think that uh, all these social networks make a great argument about um, the promise of social media to help improve patient outcomes. Um, but I think the reality is, even as social media is ubiquitous, um, uh, health outcomes for patients in the U.S. are still abysmal. So what's the disconnect there? And what kind of responsibility can Facebook and Twitter take on to, um, you know, promote healthfulness in terms of exchange of information, um, combating misinformation. I think there's a lot of nuance in that sure. discussion. Um, that all these social networks want to, you know, create a space for people to share information, but we really have to um, address what I consider to be a huge public health crisis in terms of, you know, misinformation about anti-vaccine. That's a public health crisis like, in exactly. itself, right. Exactly. And what role do these social networks play or what role should they play in um, governing some of that conversation? I'd like to hear a little bit more about, you know, what are some of the proactive measures mm -hmm. that they're doing, not only to create opportunities um, for people to use their social networks for health. I think there are already a lot of great opportunities and we're seeing user adoption uh, skyrocket in terms of people using social for health-related purposes, but I think there's got to be some responsibility or looking ahead to see what could be some risks and um, a negative aspect to that. Sure. And we're, we're going to have um, Lisa uh, Bookwalter from Twitter Health uh, on in, in, a, in a few moments, actually, so we can oh, ask her about great. that. But uh, in the meantime, I, I thought it was interesting that in, in that 
Facebook uh, announcement kind of was an implicit acknowledgement that we've needed to get our house in order in terms of privacy uh, before we launch anything new. And they made a point during the press briefing to say we um, thought about privacy at every step along the way in, in developing this, this rollout. And so I, I thought, thought that was interesting, to, to your point. Yeah, I think, you know, um, actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. So I think they there's so much opportunity for Facebook to do so much good in terms of health um, with a respect to people's privacy as well. And so it'll be um, interesting to see how that comes together in the future and mm-hmm. uh, see how adoption supports that. Sure. And speaking of preventive uh, health and, and the evolutionary journey that the healthcare system is on from a sick care system to a preventive care system, mm-hmm. what are you seeing in terms of the wellness theme uh, being presented here? Yeah, there's... Um, you know, I think a lot of tension between conversations about wellness and conversations about healthcare. And I think in some of the talks yesterday, I felt a little bit like wellness is a dirty word or less credible, um, less significant than healthcare. But um, today there was a chronic conditions track. We can see that to address chronic conditions, and particularly in the United States, we need preventative health measures. So I think that that's Uh, again critically important to the conversation and I think that you know if you are a brand or a health system or a payer working in the chronic illness space um, you have to address wellness and prevention as key Mm -hmm. pillars in that discussion in addition to again just treating the sickness Um, and I think patients have to play a big role in designing what some of those solutions are. So yesterday, the SVP of White Space for Lululemon described um, experiences need to be ambient and seamless to fit into people's lives in order for them to adopt them and change behavior. So you can't really discover what that is or what that seamless path is unless you're including the consumer in the design of those experiences. So at Emory Health, um, you know, we were working on a lot of different um, digital patient experience solutions. Um, We're not doing any of them right now uh, without including patients or physicians as key stakeholders in the design process. So we talk a lot about, um, it's one of our strategic imperatives to design with and for patients or help our clients, the brands that we work with in pharma, design with and for patients. So I think um, by virtue of us using that angle, helping brands do that more, um, and keeping an eye towards the preventative and wellness solutions that are required to combat chronic diseases and not just treat them, I think that we'll start to see some change and transformation in the space. Absolutely. Uh, it's great, great to hear, you know, some of the talks that you heard, you know, pulling through, pulled through there. Um, I also thought that it was interesting to hear the chief digital officer of GSK this morning mm-hmm. say that every patient is just a consumer that got sick. I thought that was a nice yeah. acknowledgement of that, you know, need to yeah. move upstream a little bit more and um, very encouraging uh, to hear. Uh, and it, that's why it's also nice to, to have people from like the integrated delivery networks who's, who are being incented to go upstream, you know, because they get paid up front yeah. 
to, we have, of course, we're going to hear that from them, but to hear that from other corners of the healthcare system and Lululemon. And who would have thought? That's really exactly. Very surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thanks. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, you know giving us your, your thoughts. Yeah. I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Kirsty. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye.